Hey, can, can you hear me? Hey, Max, how are you? Yes, I can. Hey, everyone. Perfect. Cool. Well, Twitter space has continued, continues to bedevil us. I also had a desktop issue <laughs> trying to get on in the first place, but uh, glad you could make it, Kenton. And thanks, everyone else, for joining us tonight. Um, this is now the fourth installment of the Fiat DAO AMA series. Uh, Fiat DAO is a project uh, in part founded by myself, as well as uh, Nils and Johannes, who are on the call too, uh, as of November of this, year, of this past year. Uh, we're looking to build a platform where users can uh, come and bring fixed income assets and actually get uh, collateralized leverage against them uh, and hopefully unlock secondary liquidity against them as well. And so with this AMA series, we're really looking uh, to educate, you know, our community as well as uh, folks from across DeFi about the different types of fixed income assets that exist in DeFi and, and the issuers behind them. So I'm super happy to have uh, Kenton with us today. Uh, Kenton is the is the founder of uh, Sense Protocol, an up-and-coming uh, fixed income asset issuing uh, protocol. And so thanks for being with us tonight. Happy to be here. Hey, everyone, really excited to um, chat more. Cool. So, so Kenton, usually I start these uh, conversations off with a bit of background on yourself and what kind of brought you all the way up to you know, Sense today. Yeah, sure. Happy to give um, some quick background on me and sense. Um, so um, how about let me start with with some of uh, my history, how I got into the crypto, the crypto space. Um, while I was working in the Bay Area in 2017, I heard about Bitcoin and decided to take a look. Um, and I've and as probably most of us have experienced, uh, I quickly fell down the rabbit hole. I couldn't really think about anything other than crypto for about six months. Um, and it was soon after this that I learned about Ethereum and Maker and, um, and later became committed to helping DeFi to the masses. Um, the, where Sense fits into this is while I was working at Maker, I saw the need for hedging interest rate volatility. Uh, and if you recall, uh, Maker vault, vault interest rates are semi-fixed, so they are decided by covenants, um, which can adjust rates on a whim and as a function of, of market conditions. And in early uh, 2020, stability fees were going through like successive rate rate hikes, leading to unpredictable liabilities on the borrower side. And so, just thinking more about this, I, I was an integrations engineer there, think, thinking more about how we can build products, protocols, and, and, and infrastructure to offload that risk and hedge out interest rate volatility um, was uh, essentially the, the initial, the, it, it was the initial question that led to Sense being, uh, being born. So Sense was originally, um, uh, we were th originally think thinking on how to uh, allow maker vault owners to get uh, fixed rates, um, but then we realized that that same concept could be generalized and applied to any yield-bearing asset in TFI. So that's that was the genesis of sense. 
Awesome. And uh, how long have you been working on uh, Sense as an independent project? So, so, so Sense has has, has been um, has been around since um, about about March of last year. Awesome. Um, would you be able to walk us through um, how Sense is uh, able to issue kind of fixed income assets um, going forward? Sure, sure. So um, Sense is an ecosystem platform where teams can build and develop new yield primitives for TFI, such as bonds, yield tokens, and tranches. The first uh, application built on top of Sense um, will be a stripping application where users can, one, lend at a fixed rate, or two, make directional long short bets on the future yields of existing yield-bearing assets. And for those that, that aren't familiar yet, uh, yield-bearing assets are just um, on-chain, um, like, like IOUs that represent a share of some yield-generating activity, whether that be lending, um, lending, exchange, staking, et cetera. Um, and w would you be able to walk through how that kind of yield stripping uh, functionality works for, for those who aren't familiar with it? Sure, sure. So um, at its core, since D composes a yield bearing asset into its principal and yield components, and it packages them behind two fixed term maturing assets, a zero and a claim. For those like familiar with um, like other stripping protocols out there, element pendle, um, swivel, etc. Um, the the zero represents the principal amount, so it acts as like the PT, the principal token, and the claim represents the the yield amount, which um, which is similar to a yield token seen on other uh, stripping protocols. So based on how the market prices zeros and claims, users can safely lend at a fixed rate, and they can also trade against future yields without the risk of liquidation or capital lockups. Got it. And as you pointed out, there's quite a variety of, um, you know, yield bearing um, originators that could be used uh, to instantiate any type of, um, you know, yield stripping process. Uh, it would be cool to hear how you're thinking about, um, supporting, you know, different originators across DeFi and different sources of yield that could be, you know, stripped as, as such. Sure. So, so Sense takes a unique approach. Um, and in, in that it's fully permissionless. At the time of launch, we will be having a guarded launch and, and over the coming weeks, we'll be sharing like more information on, on what this would look like. Um, but at the time of launch, we won't be fully permissionless, but within, within a few months after launch, um, we'll basically release this flag where Sense will be open for anyone to build adapters and applications and plug those adapters into the Sense core. So what this means is that anyone will be able to, to take any yield-bearing asset, and as long as they have an adapter that conforms to its interface, they can enable fixed rates and, and um, future yield trading atop, um, atop that yield-bearing asset. So, That's off. Yeah. Just, oh, sorry. Just, to, 
sorry, I chose to answer your her question more directly. Um, or it, the the yield bearing assets that will support will um, will follow a schedule that has a function of market demand, size of the um, of the yield bearing asset, etc. Of the, the volatility of the yield as well, um, and then but once sense becomes fully permissionless. Um, it will not. It anyone can can arrive and and add whatever yield bearing asset that they have. That's an awesome approach. I think being a permissionless player in this space is is uh, quite uh, distinct at the moment. Um, and as users get more familiar with how these, um, you know, with how a protocol like Sense operates, I think they'll start to see that there's actually such a wide landscape of uh, possible assets that could be created um, through sense yield stripping, right? That they might not think of as being sources of potential fixed yield uh, today. 100%, 100%. Kenton, when you were walking through um, the, the zero token uh, concept, you, you pointed out that users would be able to get those fixed yields as a, kind of like a result of um, purchasing those zeros on the secondary market, presumably at some discount uh, to what they mature to. Uh, would you be able to talk a bit more about how Sense is approaching secondary liquidity uh, for, for these tokens? Mm -hmm. So Sense, um, so for secondary liquidity, um, since since has developed its own, or or we have to have developed our own AIMM. It's called Sense Space. So Sense Space is a is a market for zeros, built on Balancer V2. Um, it uses for those familiar, it, it it uses the Yield Space Invariant built by the Yield Protocol team. The Invariant just defines like the algorithm for uh, zeros to trade against its quote asset. Um, and that and this yield space invariant brings a whole host of benefits. Um, this is principal protection to an LP share if if held until maturity. This is less slippage and price impact for trades, and then also for the LP position. There's no time dependent and permanent loss. Um, so for so for each series, and a series is is like a term is it's one point of the term structure within sense term structure being La Heike yield curve. Um, each series will have its own space where all um, all zero and claim trading um, to go through. So. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I saw on, on Twitter, you kind of highlighted uh, some of the early testing of, um, of Sense Space. Um, and it really struck out to me as, as being quite, um, quite outstanding <laughs> relative to kind of existing solutions. Um, would you be able to kind of uh, highlight that case study a little bit more? I, I think it was, I want to say 18 times higher yield than, than existing um, uh, yield space solutions. But I, I might be off on that. Yeah, no, no, sure. So, um, so, so for those like unfamiliar with the distinction between scent space and yield space, um, what we have done is like e e even though we're using a yield space like invariant, um, sense 
or yes, uh, sense space improves the capital efficiency by allowing LPs to deposit a yield bearing quote asset uh, instead of instead of the zeros underlying. So if one has if if we just take compound die zero uh, as an example, maturing in twelve twelve months, um, in most yield space um, AMMs you would deposit zeros paired against their underlying, which in this case, it would be die. Um, but in space, users will be able to deposit zeros against C die, uh, which means that between trades, um, that C die is earning yield. And what we've, we've, we've done in space is we, we've actually fall, uh, used a few simple accounting tricks that excludes this accrued yield from the yield space invariant during trades, and it specifically reserves it for LPs. So the end goal is that there's more yield for LPs, and 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 the the backtest example that Max was referring to was um, was when we looked at some historical data for a generic yield space market, uh, and and over about twelve months, it delivered like about. 30, 30 bips or 0.3% um, ROI on, on, some, on some principal investment. And using that same data, um, we, it, we showed that space c- could have delivered 5.3% of ROI, which, which is like in line with what the compound die, um, the, the compound die yield was for that period. That's super fascinating, right? Because, um, you know, I, I think a, a lot of folks think of LP positions as um, almost like an, an end to mean, right? Like you, you're providing liquidity and you're, you're, and that's kind of the end of it. But what's cool about uh, Sense Space, in my opinion, is because you have a fixed yield on, on the one side and a variable yield on the other, the LP, LP share as a structured product in a way uh, where a user can be guaranteed some amount of, uh, of yield on the amount they've put into this LP position with a kind of variable kicker um, on top of any trading fees earned as well, right? And so I think it's a really compelling um, kind of advancement that, that Sense is bringing to the space. And it's something that you know, we at Fiat could definitely build on as a collateral type of, it, of its own even. Definitely, definitely. With it, all it, that said, it certainly, can you just... It, it... <laughs> oh, please. No, sorry. I had I some lag on, lag on my side, so I, didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off. No worries at all. Uh, please go ahead. I was actually going to go back to kind of a, a govern, governance angle, kind of going back to your point on sense being a permissionless system. Um, and, and so on, on that front, right, like, are, are you currently thinking about how, you know, sense you know, looks like a year from now, right? Um, once, you know, more, more products are released and you have a community of users, do you, you want to bring, you know, are there like specific kind of goals you have in mind for how you want that community to look and operate a year from now? Um, since it, I think it was pretty clear that you're very bullish on uh, permissionless systems, uh, of the protocol itself. 
Right. Yeah, we we think that the most impactful organizations um, have a diverse array of, of stakeholders and and can can ultimately react to market forces. And so um, we think that 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 the, that the DAO structure actually has some pretty clear advantages in scalability and stakeholder reach. Um, and we think that adopting it will lead to the most amount of value for users in DeFi as a whole. So um, this is all just to say that uh, the sense, like we are fans of the DAO structure and sense protocol will ultimately be governed and, and maintained by a sense DAO. Awesome. Yeah, uh, we're, we're big DAO proponents uh, ourselves. <laughs> as pretty obvious, but um, I, I guess kind of, uh, you know, also keeping along with this more future facing theme, uh, you mentioned earlier that yield stripping is just, you know, one tool uh, that's kind of being built for Sense and, you know, Sense will be a platform uh, going forward. Um, do you have any details or kind of, you know, just personal thoughts on what you think comes after yield stripping and what are some items you might want to prioritize in terms of additional functionality there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so th- this is... This is an, an interesting topic because I'm sure I'm sure different players have different opinions on on what the roadmap what a, a roadmap could look like. But I will I, I will share the the like our current thinking on, on this now. Um, so um, what the stripping protocol or stripping applications do is they actually um, allow the market to to decide what what future interest rates could look like. And so there's some interest rates and like yield discovery that that will be a result um, of of the stripping application. And we and we actually think that like proper uninhibited uh, interest rate discovery is a predecessor. It's a requirement to like the effective definition of terms for tranching. And so um, we are the most familiar with with stripping, but once we feel that there's been that there's sufficient interest rate discovery, then 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 building tranches soon thereafter would will be uh, one one option for us to explore. Um, and then finally, I, I mentioned bonds. Uh, we aren't ready to share more information about that yet, but um, the whole like bond landscape in TFI hasn't really been fully explored yet, and there's a lot of high space and. There are some there are some great teams also working on 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 Dow bonds, for example. Um, so I, we look forward to working with them and helping them um, helping them accelerate their own development um, pipelines as a result of of our existence. So, or or, or an integration thereof. If that makes sense. Definitely. Um, and, and going off of that last point, um, how are you thinking about, you know, um, partnerships for Sense kind of going forward? Like, do you, like, you know, DeFi is becoming increasingly modular, right? And obviously, we're an example of that, right? We at Fiat DAO are looking to build on collateral types such as those that will come to be issued by Sense. Um, and so it'd be great to hear if, you know, there are any plans at Sense for deeply integrating with um other players across DeFi or, you know, if you just have like a general philosophy on, on how you think about um, 
those types of efforts? I think I think that's a great question. Actually, that that I don't think I, I've heard um, it being asked across like different different AIMAs, not not within Fiat DAO, but like elsewhere in TFI. And and so I th I think it's important. Um, I, I think that TFI will be fully imagined like it a vision of TFI, which is this open financial system that's accessible to that has accessible um, to everyone. Um, I think it can only come to fruition if there is a tight integration um, between every player out there. Um, and so composability on the token level, like in ERC-20 um, formats, like that was the first glimpse of what that could look like. But I think, I think there are greater opportunities to integrate as well um, that we've, we've only seen a glimpse of thus far. Um, and so, and so in general, like my philosophy is that we should, we should be open to collaborate as much as possible, because ultimately that's going go going to be the thing, like the existence of all these various nodes and players and the edges therein creates the, this web that will be the, tr that will bring most, most of the value in the end. So that's my personal philosophy in the context of sense, again, sense is fully permissionless. So it's, it's actually perfectly per, like positioned to enhance other projects by enabling fixed rates on their yield bearing assets. Um, all they need to do is to plug into sense once they have an adapter um, and, and, or if they've, um, if their yield bearing assets conform to, to an adapter that has been pre-built um, before before that happens, before the permissionless flag is turned on, um, all they have to do is reach out to us, and 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 we'll be able to work work with them and and onboard their project um, on two cents. So awesome. Well, Kenton, I, I usually end these conversations with uh, with the same two questions, um, and that's. You know, what surprised you the most in DeFi last year and what you're most excited about, you know, aside from sense uh, for, for 2022. So, yeah, aside from sense, that's a good, that's a good uh, preface. Um, so what I'm most excited about in DeFi or was, or sorry, what I was most surprised about in 2021, um, it was just the massive inflow of capital in, into the space, um, both leading to price action and various assets, but then also from an investment, a, a like a VC investment point of view, um, it it just tells me that there was and likely still is a large amount of investment on the hunt for yield, but just isn't ready yet for TFI. So well, once we start to see these admin like back office. Um, pipelines and compliance, like infrastructure, be built around institutions. I think we're, we'll see even more capital flowing into TFI in 2022. Um, that said, though, the thing I'm most excited about for DeFi in 2022 is is DAO infrastructure. Um, so aside from aside from the sense launch, as as you um, rightly prefaced, uh, DAOs, DAOs have a lot of capital at the moment. So it's going to be exciting to see how they put that to work at scale 
and in a decentralized context. Um, so yeah, just seeing how, how how DAOs put their treasuries to work, whether that be to to follow a tr- a, tr- a treasury diversification strategy, or um, which which really is the umbrella term for all ty- types of activity within within treasury management. Um, but there are just a whole host of various projects out there. Um, I'm solely like focused to a solely purpose to define like what those opportunities are. So it's, it's going to be exciting actually to work with them um, um, because there are many opportunities for Dow treasuries to, um, to leverage sense ultimately. So. Definitely agree. I think if, if the last month has shown anything with the whole curve wars narrative is that protocols and the DAOs behind them can actually be some of the biggest whales and uh, users of uh, other protocols today, right? Those are very large war chests. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. What are you, um, if if you don't mind me asking it back, uh, what are you most excited about in 2022? Um, I would have to say, kind of to your point earlier on, you know, DeFi is very much like a network of different protocols and different assets. Um, And I think for me, what really excites me about 2022 is we're seeing an acceleration um, in the complexity of those integrations and what they can amount to, right? Like uh, we're we're seeing protocols that launch that are catering specifically to DAOs or can operate because there are DAOs with large balance sheets um, looking for services, for instance. And I think that's such a stark difference with just like a few years ago, right? I think anyone who was building in 2019 or even 2020 kind of had to assume, you know, they're building a protocol in a vacuum and whoever comes later, well, you know, hopefully you can act as like a modular piece, but, you know, projects launching today, like like ours, right? Um, we're both standing on the shoulders of giants and, There's, I'm sure, giants that will launch this year, right, that that we don't even know about yet. Um, And so I think from a, just from the perspective of DeFi going mainstream, I think that's hugely important um, because it just winds up being a very exponential process, hopefully, um, you know, barring any major blowups. And I I don't think there's any more positive sign uh, than, you know, more complex structured products being composed of multiple protocols coming and kind of emerging in the space. I, th- I think that's like the, the North star uh, for, for progress. Definitely. Definitely. Well, awesome. Kent. I think um, I'm going to go ahead and end it with some updates on, on Fiat DAO, but just wanted to say thank you again for uh, taking the time uh, to, to speak with us in the community tonight. And we're really looking forward to collaborating with Sense going forward. Same here, same here. Um, just yeah, if I may give one update um, before before I head, head off, um, thank you all for swinging by this AMA. This is actually the, the first one this first public live uh, voice AMA. So that was fun. I appreciate Max for inviting us on. Um, we are uh, planning on launching a public testnet in the coming days. So um, if you want to learn, learn more about Sense and, 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 and experiment and play around with our por- 
portal with some fake ETH, um, please swing by our Discord in the coming days. And that's it for me. Thanks. Perfect. Thanks so much, Ken. Um, and on the Fiat DAO side, I'm really happy to share that we uh, successfully delivered a frozen code base uh, to audit on Monday of this week. And we're looking forward to um, actually sharing our white paper uh, in the coming week or so. We're, we're looking to aim for Friday, might be early next week, um, but it's all a part of kind of this warm up to, you know, a hopeful uh, launch of Fiat uh, sometime next month. And so our main focus uh, for, for January will be just pushing education as much as we can uh, now that we're, you know, close to final implementation of the, of the V1. Um, so you can expect more of these AMAs, more articles, more educational content in general. Maybe we go multimedia with it, um, you know, over the next four or five weeks. And then hopefully we can start the, start the journey for real uh, sometime uh, in February then. But otherwise, thanks again for joining us tonight, everyone, and keep keep up to date with us uh, on the Discord for uh, future AMA sessions.